we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 29th, 2013. And today, kind of a mixture of current events, essentially, kind of what we normally do here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get into some Bible verses before we actually get into the main part of the study. 2 Peter 3, 7 through 3, I believe, 13. <clears throat> but the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So, the heavens and the earth that we're living in now, they are literally reserved to be destroyed by fire in the future. <clears throat> I believe the reason for that is because everything has been pretty much since Satan, the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, sin coming in, everything has been stained and tainted by sin. And the future world that the Lord would have prepared of the future universe, I don't believe it will be tainted by sin. So this one has to most likely be burned up in order to create one that's not been corrupted by that sin that came in originally through Lucifer, the falling of the angels, and then Adam and Eve perpetuated it there. Because, you know, obviously Eve was, you know, seduced by the serpent, and then Adam sinned. <clears throat> Next verse, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord a thousand years as a, as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Well, the Lord sets out of time. He's not constricted to time. He can look at, like, our timeline on planet Earth like a, almost like looking into a time capsule. He sits on the outside of time. He can look into it. He can look at the beginning and the end. This is why we know, with the Bible, with all of its... Um, thousands of accurate predictions that have already happened that we can have confidence that the predictions that haven't been fulfilled yet in the book of Daniel and Revelation and elsewhere are going to be fulfilled just like the other ones were fulfilled. John the Revelator was taken you know, from the Isle of Patmos and then basically shown the, the vision of Revelation which is future even from now. So... <clears throat> God's not subject to time in that regard. He's not limited by it. He created it for our benefit. So next verse. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth and also the works that are therein shall be burned up. That's the earth we're living on right now. That's future. It's going to happen. Everything is going to be burned up. Um, that fire has to happen in order to burn away the sin. I think that's why hellfire is appointed to those that are going to go there. Because of, you know, and, and they're these ones that have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ... Fire is appointed to deal with that sin. Then you have the lake of fire. <laughs> so fire is the appointed way to deal with the ultimate end, uh, end product of, of sin. Uh, evidently, that's what's just. And that's why the earth 
and the heavens are going to pass away with a great noise, and the elements are going to melt with fervent heat. Next verse. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens shall be on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Says it again. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And again, that confirms that this righteousness is going to be pure. There's going to be no sin associated with it. There's not going to be anything stained by sin in the new heaven and the new earth. So, I just thought that was a really neat set of verses. Um, My listeners, Laney and Susan, they send out emails all the time, and those verses were on there this week, so... I thought those were really good to uh, maybe go over. Now, let's get right into the study here. <clears throat> and this is an, uh, an update kind of on the last one. I'm not going to be doing a huge one. This is just going to be at the very beginning here. And then we're going to get into our next subject after this. But <clears throat> obviously, I've been talking a lot about things that are going to go down between essentially right now, September 29th, and into November. Things that literally could be the linchpin for the coming of the Antichrist, the false prophet, the New World Order, World War Three. Uh, this could really, we could really be on the cusp of it here. Uh, this is entitled FEMA and the CDC activate the emergency alert system to announce the real global pandemic. Centers for Disease Control just released this statement, and it says, "quote." The reemergence of an H7N9 virus. Now, this is the one we talked a lot about um, in the last study here. The H7N9 hemorrhagic bird flu. Meaning you bleed out of essentially every orifice. It's a different animal altogether than the H5N1, the one I reported on a long time ago that I did that tour on. This is a different animal altogether. This is more virulent more heavy-duty, most likely totally engineered, and they're saying, this is CDC, Centers for Disease Control, said the reemergence of an H7N9 virus and transmission among people in the United States remains a possibility, and if that occurs in the fall of 2013, the U.S. healthcare system is likely to be overwhelmed. Yeah, I would say so. And they just don't have the, the ability, obviously, to deal. Particularly when they've already come out and said that unless you go on advanced life support, you have, like, a 0% chance of living. Zero. <laughs> That's what they said. That's what statistically has happened so far on people that weren't able to get to advanced life support. Now, if you got three or four people in a particular area, it's no problem. But if you have three or 4,000... Or three or four hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, nobody's gonna be getting through it. And, and, uh, so, this just, I just, actually, this just came out today. I'm just gonna play this to about the nine and a half minute mark. He, he covers a lot of bases here. And, uh, we'll go from there. Maximum alert from the Potter Blog sites. The United States government released a federal solicitation today that shows that they are actively preparing to activate the emergency alert system to notify the nation of an avian influenza national emergency. And we will show you those solicitation documents in a moment. 
Uh, but given the totality of the stuff in these recent solicitations of the federal government and just the massive amount of money they're spending, the only thing that makes sense in regards to this is that, and as we stated here on Twitter in our recent tweet, and it's a <laughs> creepy coincidence, this is our 666th tweet. It says, we suspect a human-to-human airborne H7N9 variant has been detected by the United States government. Makes no fiscal sense otherwise. Now, uh, I believe the reason you say it makes no fiscal sense is because they're devoting a ton of money to this. Remember I, all that stuff I covered on all that, those preparations and prepositioning of supplies in the Pacific Rim? Well, again, he mentions that here. If the outbreak starts in China, Taiwan, wherever, over there, well, obviously people are going to flee out of those areas. And the closest islands that are, are held by um, America in any way, shape, or form are, are in that Pacific Rim chain. So that would be the most logical place to preposition supplies ahead of time. Really makes a lot of sense in that regard. So that is most likely the reason all of that's going on. And that's just one of the, one of the things they've been gearing up to do quickly to our website, and here on our website we have links to these documents, uh, so you may look them up, pull them up, and examine them for yourself, but these are multiple documents, multiple instances of things happening here that are related to this, and we'll just read it to you real quick. Yeah, the U.S. government released a solicitation that states it will use a presidential alert system, EAS, for a pandemic flu emergency televised broadcast, a live broadcast. In a related development two days ago, the FCC put out notice seeking immediate broadcaster comments on the first and only test run of the emergency alert system, which they ever did, the national emergency alert system, which they ever did, took place in 2011. Very interesting. Two days ago, they were asking for broadcaster comments to make sure the emergency alerts go out, and then today they released a, a contract stating that they're going to make emergency alerts for this pandemic flu. And another... Now, the reason, one of the reasons I like this guy's reports so much is none of this is his opinion. Well, granted, the speculating may be his opinion. I speculate, he speculates in that regard. But, I mean, it's kind of like really just reading the handwriting on the wall. They're the ones doing all this. The government is putting in all of these either announcements, these contracts that we were look, looking at before. He's got a whole bunch of more contracts he goes over. I'm not even going to get into that part of the video. Uh, the video actually goes a 48 minutes. We're only going to hear about the first nine and a half minutes. But it's all governmental-related stuff that all, all they're really doing is documenting this. Uncut, uncanny, uncoincidence. Uh, the same division of the United States government, Department of Health and Human Services, also released a solicitation to purchase Sprout Social Media to help them tweet to the public. Simultaneously... Twitter announced it is activating its emergency alert system to allow government organizations to tweet messages in a time of emergency. Now, here's one key takeaway. They will be taking over all modes and means of communication, as the, is the point here. When this thing goes down, they're going to take over everything. That, that in any particular way where you can communicate with somebody. And they're, what they're doing now is they're prepositioning all those things ahead of time so that all the infrastructures already set up, Twitter and these other, I mean, the, the cell phones, they can take those over, the radio broadcast, the TV broadcast, all of these things have already been pretty much put in place and, and they're just kind of putting the last finishing touches on this. 
this. That is that the Presidential Emergency Action Notice will look something like this image here. And its primary initial purpose will be to delay public panic. They release this... What it says is this, what you would see, I guess... uh uh, wherever you would see this, Avion Influenza National Emergency, EAS Emergency Alert System. Uh, we interrupt our programming. This is a national emergency. This is what you would see flash across whatever your smartphone, your Twitter, uh, whatever, uh, TV. Immediately, or initially, to delay public panic. As such, this emergency action notice will signal the last fleeting time period where additional safety measures may be taken while the public attempts to make sense of the H7N9 pandemic flu emergency broadcast. So, when this comes out, this is your sign to take immediate action. Get to your family, get across any bridges that separate you, any choke points. Uh, if If you're safe, get gas. This is just your your last fleeting chance to take any last-minute preparations before the streets become clogged and before... Uh, he brought up some interesting, interesting there, gas. You, We should all have some extra gas on hand um, in our garages, preferably or someplace close, whereas if this happened and the gas stations shut down and you have to be somewhere, or let's say you have to take an extended trip and you can't, you know... The gas pumps, the gas pumps are shut down, and all of a sudden you need to take an extended trip where you don't have enough gas to get there. You have it now. One of the things that happens with a lot of the modern day gas cans, of course, they've improved on this. I found is that if you put a gas can in your car and it's got gas in it, number one, if it's been sitting in your um, garage like over the summer, make sure you you uh, open the it up because there's a lot of pressure that builds up in those gas cans. And a lot of them, plastic ones, they'll look like they're big bloated balloons, I've noticed, by the end of summer. And, and you have to go there and kind of like let the pressure off. I think that's a good idea to get into. But in a car, if the gas is sloshing around, most of those gas cans are not that tight. Or, or as far as, they're not that gasoline-proof tight. Meaning, if the gas is splashing on the inside of the... um the thing where you crank it down, where the spout is, it's going to start coming out of the gas can. And if you have that in the trunk of your car, you're going to start getting gas fumes. Okay? I've already learned this the hard way. This is the reason I'm saying this. Not, not, not that I ever, like, gas myself up, but this does happen. One of the things that you can do is take some uh, petroleum jelly and rim the inside of the, um, most of the gas cans are plastic. There are metal ones as well. I don't think you'd have as much problem with them. But you could rim the inside with the petroleum jelly, both the both sides of the threads, the in, in, the external and internal threads, and then screw that back on. And you're going to have a much better seal, and you're going to be able to go a lot longer distance, or you're going to be able to probably go a, any distance, and it's not going to be leaking into your car, outgassing, literally. Just a little tip for you. I've learned personally that could potentially save you um, a ton of problems, you know, big time. So, anyway, I just want to kind of throw that in there. It's, it's just a little practical tip. Or the lockdown streets. Now, here are the links referenced in the uh, analysis. 
And here's all the original work we've done on this. And unfortunately, some of this work has been stolen by quote-unquote threat journaling type sites. Uh, you know who you are. He, he's got all of these links that they've done. Um, at, it's the www.potrblog.com. www.potrblog.com. And um, the guy's he crossed the T's and dotted the I's. I mean, he's really done a lot of detailed work here. I covered a lot of those detailed reports in the last study. I'm not going to go back and rehash everything that we've already covered. And a lot of this is new, true. But for time's sake, you can go and, and actually check into this more. And it might be one of those sites you want to kind of mark to go to every day to see what's going on. The bad thing about that is they pass this off as their own work. And so... The rest of the information on their sites can't be trusted. But uh, if you just look at what's going on here in these recent contracts, $57 million awarded to cell fire for thrombosomes to help fight hemorrhagic uh, bleeding. <sighs> this is some incredible stuff. Uh, FEMA- Why would they want that? Because it's a hemorrhagic fever, and they're going to want drugs or these types of things that counteract um, hemorrhaging in the body. So, that's why. Now, I forgot to mention this in the last study, but if you were trying to do it naturally, if you are trying to increase your platelet count naturally to and to thicken your blood, because it thins the blood to the point where you actually start hemorrhaging, and it must also attack the capillaries. Now, granted, you're not going to be able to just take these two products and ward off hemorrhagic bird flu. Okay, you would have to be doing something to actually annihilate the bird flu. I think the best choice is the Invive Mild Silver Protein. Uh, I don't know anything stronger. Um, but beyond that, if you were going to take two other things to actually increase the capillary, uh, to, to strengthen the capillaries in your body and to increase the platelet count in your bloodstream, because what it does is it takes all, evidently this takes all the platelets out of your bloodstream, which makes, the platelets are what clot, blood, okay? By doing so, then you start bleeding out of every orifice. That's how H7N9 works, one of the main ways it works. Uh, totally different than any other bird flu I've ever seen. To strengthen the blood vessels, the best product I know of would be Cyruta Plus, by standard process, it's pr- one of its primary ingredients is buckwheat. So if you had good organic buckwheat, you could use that as well. Um, anything with a high bioflavonoid content would be good. Bioflavonoids are one of the, kind of like the cofactors that act with vitamin C. Um, and then the other thing, the best thing I know of to stop internal bleeding is oil-based chlorophyll. And there's only one company that I know on on the planet that makes it in its standard process. You can go to the health food store and get water-based chlorophyll. But it goes right through you. If you've ever taken that stuff, you'll know what I'm talking about. Why? Because the body's essentially rejecting it. It just turns your stool green. Essentially what it does. It's water-based. Oil-based will not do that unless you just take a ton. You have to take a whole bunch. But I, I don't even think I've ever seen it do that. And oil-based is extremely hard to make. And and it's very expensive. Their most expensive product is oil-based chlorophyll. I I heard, from what I've heard, is like, 
It's one of the two days, it's the hardest product to make, and, and it's the day where most of the employees at Stainer Process will typically call in sick. When it's the day where they process, because it's extremely messy, it, it just, it, it's staining, it's very staining this stuff, but it's in a oil, it's in a gel peril, so it's, you're not going to get it on you unless you open it. If you had an active bleeding ulcer though on your stomach, it's the quickest way I know to stop an active, if you have any kind of intestinal bleeding, quickest way I know to stop intestinal bleeding. I've seen, it, I've seen it stop intestinal bleeding literally within a 12-hour period. Really bad intestinal bleeding on a patient back in Florida. Christian's sister. I brought her some one night. She was like bleeding really bad in, uh, internally from the rectum. and But it was coming from her intestines. Got her on this by the next morning and it stopped. So it has a tremendous ability to help the, the blood clot. And that's what you would need in a hemorrhagic bird flu situation. The silver wouldn't help with that at all. But the silver is what you need to actually kill the virus. The chlorophyll is not going to kill the virus, but it'll help with... See, so you understand, everything has its place. So I forgot to mention that in the last study, and I... I it was like, got by me, and I, I wanted to... Um, I wasn't even planning on mentioning it in this study. I kind of almost fought, forgot about it, but I believe the Holy Spirit reminded me to do that, because... It is important. It's it's important. Um, so um, that's a professional line that I use and I've carried. I've I've prescribed it for over twenty years. I used it far longer than that when I was like probably started using it when I was like sixteen. So um, really, really high quality stuff. And um, on the uh, on the mild silver protein, if you're interested in that, go to doctor dash dash symbol johnson dot com. Uh, and uh, just dr-johnson.com. I, I had to suspend the special. I, I put out an email on that for now. I'm hoping to reinstitute it maybe in a week, maybe 10 days. I don't know. It depends. Um, but I had to suspend it due to uh, just, I, I ran out. <laughs> I ran out. So, uh, But you can still get it on, on the site there. The site goes through in Vive Silver, and it does not go through me. So that's why you can still get it through them. Anyway, let's go further here. Uh, I'm going I'm to let this roll some more. Has a 48-hour delivery notice out for a hundred thousand doctor scrubs, a thousand hundred-person medical hoteling centers, fuel showers, bathrooms. This is just for the medical personnel to be able to treat things. Uh, a lot of this stuff is aimed at the Pacific region. I guess they expect this human-to-human spread to come out of the Pacific, probably from uh, uh, high-net-value uh, Chinese fleeing uh, via airlines. But uh, let's go look at the document. So that's the Pacific Rim region, and they've got these um, doctor tents there that um, 100,000 doctor scrubs... They need to have. They need to be able to get these within a forty-eight hour delivery, and then one thousand one hundred person shelters for the doctors and the nurses that will supply fuel, showers, bathrooms, hygiene equipment um, for these this national disaster. So, again, all this stuff going to the Pacific Rim would make totally total sense regarding the scenario. Centers, fuel showers, bathrooms. This is just for the medical personnel to be able to treat things. Uh, a lot of this stuff is aimed at the Pacific region. I guess they expect this human-to-human spread to come out of the Pacific, probably from uh, uh, high-net-value uh, Chinese fleeing uh, 
uh, via airlines. Sorry, I, I let that play again just because I lost my spot there. But uh, let's go look at the documentation real quick here. Uh, this is the Fed Biz Ops that uh, first alerted us that something was going on. Uh, this is re- so this is Fed Biz Ops, Federal Business Opportunities. These are bids that, the well, the government puts what they need out there, and they're like, okay, um, who wants to who wants to bid on this contract? And so this is straight from the government. Really high-end maintenance software for uh, television production. And if you go through this, they don't really tell you what it's for, but there is a link at the very bottom to the statement of the work. Click on the statement of work link here, and what you will come to is this Word document. Television studio equipment purchase. Really what they're purchasing is maintenance uh, and service. But uh, let's look at this real quick. It says that the, the need to inform the public is further emphasized with the risk of pandemic flu. The television broadcast facility will play a vital role in keeping the public informed on the government's health response and steps people can take as individuals to deal with the flu during a major outbreak. It'll play a major part in keeping the public brainwashed and in keeping their propaganda flow going. Now, at this point, if this happens, most likely the Internet will be down. I wouldn't be surprised if they zapped all modes of private communications, any major thing like Internet or shortwave. You know, you may be basically down to two-way handheld radios or something. That's why it's good to have those. You know, you can you can get pick those up for cheap at, at most, uh, you know, like a Radio Shack or, or online. Additionally, the television studio will serve as a valuable tool for disseminating information to state and local health emergency centers to provide additional information to assist them in planning for and responding to a flu emergency. <sighs> this TV studio is a network-quality television broadcast facility capable of sustaining emergency television broadcasts to provide vital health and life safety information. Again, we link to this on our uh, webpage. Now, in conjunction with this, two days ago, the uh, Federal Communications Commission uh, released this public notice. Zoom in or make this a little bit bigger here, see if we can read it. It says, uh, Public Safety and Homeland Security Bureau seeks comment regarding equipment and operational issues identified following the first nationwide test of the emergency alert system in 2011. First nationwide test of the presidential action notification was done in 2011, and now they're seeking immediate broadcaster comments. Uh, to let them know what problems they had. Why would they be doing that? Well, they want to work out all the bugs. They don't want the first time they implement a lot of this stuff for them to find out they have some major snafu glitch that's coming up that might be a 10-day workaround. They don't want it to go down that way. They want to have all those bugs worked out ahead of time. It's pretty obvious what this is for and why it's in conjunction with the... uh, uh, CDC's Department of Health and Human Services uh, uh, request and capability there to fund live televised broadcasts for over the emergency broadcasting system or emergency alert system as it's called now about an avian influenza situation. Now along with that, if you look here, 
there is another purchase order out today for a Sprout social media management system. Now, again, it doesn't really tell you what it's for in the uh, purchase order here, but if you scroll down to the bottom, where is it? And you open up the uh, PDF, well, what you end up getting is this. And we'll scroll down through here and read through this. And you can click find this these, uh, that link that leads to this link on our webpage. It says, uh, Sprout's most social feed media features a smart inbox, quickly respond to different social media accounts, aggregation searches determine the best time to tweet. So this is for, I guess, this program that will... Uh, Respond quickly from from different social media accounts, post different messages, sort by specific keywords that allows for aggregation of searches into one data stream, and determine the best time to tweet based on its keyword search frequency analyzer. So they're really, I mean, you know, they're really wanting this to go is, uh, they want their, they want to get their propaganda out there as efficiently as possible when this goes down. Based on its keyword search up here. The social media channel Twitter is used extensively at HSS with the secretary launching her own Twitter account this fiscal year. Sprout Social provides unique capabilities to, to HSS because its Twitter comparison tool enables uh, staff to compare with uh, Twitter. Basically, this is a capability then to tweet quickly and effectively to Twitter. Now, along with that notice today... Twitter announces that it's launching its own emergency alert system. Twitter has launched a new emergency alert system that lets authorized agencies and other aid workers send messages in times of emergency. Things are all working in conjunction here. The only way any of these expenditures and this desire for... Uh, for the federal government to have live broadcast capability on the emergency alert system following a presidential emergency action notification is if they have found a human-to-human airborne transmissible variant of H7N9. That's the only reason why any of this would make any real physical sense. Nothing else makes physical sense. Hence, our maximum alert. Okay, then he goes on to go over all kind of other things that he's documenting. But again, it's like a 48-minute video. It's not practical to play it. But them having found this H7N9, no, I don't believe that that's the case at all. I believe they already know about it. They, they are the ones that are going to release it. It's already been made in a laboratory, it's already been done, and it's just a matter of it actually being unleashed. And so they w- would be the ones that would would or could determine. It. Sure, they're going to blame it on the pigeons and on the on the avian bird, and that may be the vector. Obviously, be a, the most likely vector for them to blame it on, and for them to implant or infect birds or whatever, in order for that to happen. Obviously, that's what that's going to be the scapegoat. And will it be legitimate? Well, maybe it will be to a certain extent. Maybe, um, you know, but if they 
infect these birds with this H7N9 hemorrhagic bird flu, yes, the birds would be the, the absolute perfect vector to spread it. And they can blame the birdies. Like it's their fault. And um, that's the way it's going to go down, most likely. And then you're going to have that in conjunction with chemtrailing. These are binary or tertiary agents that are going to compound the effect of what will be released. Maybe they're going to release the H7N9 in migratory bird flu uh, or migratory bird patterns. That would make a lot of sense. You could actually infect the birds. You know they're going to be flying through these chemtrails as they come down. And that way the birds are infected and they just keep flying. Then you go and you get your vaccine and that's the, and then you get infected, then you go get your vaccine and then that's what really is like the final nail in your coffin. You know? Or maybe then there's another agent that has to work with the vaccine in water. Or maybe it'll be something else they do in the, I don't know. I'm just giving you plausible ways that it may, uh, it may happen. So. Next alert, this is just, I'm going to play like a minute and 40 of this. And it's entitled FEMA Region 3 Emergency Update. Major preparations are happening now. FEMA Region 3 being um, uh, the um, one of the main areas that they're going to most likely uh, uh, target here. And um, I'm looking at some of, the, of these uh, regions here. And this one says 11 million antibiotics, 22 million pouches of emergency water, 14.2 million MREs, foreign troops, urban warfare training. These are some of the things that have already been prepositioned in FEMA Region 3 here. Okay, so just to clarify, FEMA Region 3, uh, Washington, D.C., Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. Okay, so there's a lot. I've reported on this in some previous studies. Then you got the Pacific Rim stuff. That we talked about last week. Hard to say 100% for sure um, how it's all going to go down. But um, let's see here. So let's go ahead and click into this video. FEMA Region Martial law is coming to a town near you. Get ready for Grid X2, the grid security exercise. It's a multinational terror drill, and it's scheduled to take place in the coming months. Supposedly, it aims at assessing, testing, and validating vital infrastructure resources should they come under an unlikely cyber attack. It's scheduled for November in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, so get ready for martial law. They can put that in place right away. And remember, Janet Napolitano said earlier this year that it's not a matter of if... But when it happens, and it's already happened in Venezuela when it froze transportation, business, and overall communication in that area. In FEMA Region 3, they're preparing for something of a large magnitude, putting out bids for contractors, demanding delivery in under 48 hours. Now, these items include various things such as clothing, uh, 100,000 scrub pants and shirts, sweatshirts, 6 million cotton blankets. All to be ordered by October 1st, 2013, and the Center for Disease Control ordered $11 million worth of antibiotics. Remember, the DHS earlier this year had been buying up billions of rounds of ammo, and the IRS ramped up with AR-15s, FEMA buying millions of MREs, and they've moved Coast Guard training from their normal training area 
to Region 3. West Virginia has already had a taste of the police state during the Boy Scouts Jamboree as citizens witnessed foreign troops on the ground, snipers, Blackhawks, and even notices from health services warning of airborne viruses. And in Maryland, they recently showcased their military-style vehicles on the freeway during a funeral. Martial law is coming. Okay, so it goes on there, and there's more proof. There's there's all kind of videos of, of them um, transporting uh, troop carriers and tanks and on different railroads. A lot of those videos have been on uh, lately. Tons. Uh, when I was down in Florida, I saw all kind of look like troop carrier type vehicles. Uh, definitely military. Uh, just zipping around everywhere. It was in more in central Florida, which would... If you want, if you if you kind of want to keep something like that off the interstates as much as you can, or or maybe off the radar, it would be a likely place to do it because it wasn't on a main. Uh, the, the road was kind of a main road, but it wasn't like an interstate, so it would kind of make sense there. I, so I've seen that that myself with my own eyes. So let's go further here and to our next video. Okay, so this uh, video. It's just a two-minute video here, essentially, and um, it's titled Unbelievably Massive New NSA Revelation in Tomorrow's New York Times. Uh, this just came out today, and I just thought it would be good to kind of refresh ourselves on this. Hey, everyone. I know you guys are sick of hearing about NSA revelations. I'm sick of reporting about it, but this is a big development. The New York Times has a story that's just been published online, and it'll be on page A1 of their print edition tomorrow morning. Uh, it's a huge story by Laura Poetris, who uh, had done that big video about a year ago, of the video interview with the other NSA whistleblower, William Binney. Uh, this is a really big deal because what she has come out with, uh, based on Edward Snowden's documents, is that the NSA is compiling sophisticated graphs on U.S. citizens and uh, to, to get our social networks and this is our offline social networks, not stuff like Facebook and Twitter, although that, although that is included. Uh, but uh, the people that you hang out with when you're not online, uh, it says your, your associates, their locations at certain times, your traveling companions, and other personal information. And uh, the piece in the New York Times also says that the kinds of data that they're using for this program, again, this is on American citizens who are not connected to any kind of wrongdoing, not suspected of terrorism or any crimes, uh, just people who happen to use technology, which everybody uses. Uh, so the information being uh, included uh, includes bank codes, insurance information, Facebook profiles, passenger manifests, voter registration rolls, and GPS location information, as well as property records and unspecified tax data, according to the documents. Uh, in case uh, you're not aware... That is not allowed under our Constitution. That is an absolutely massive violation of the Fourth Amendment. And we are paying for this stuff. Uh, we're paying to be spied on by our own government. Let me know in the comments section below what you think of all this. And head over to RiseTV.co for more information. We'll be covering this throughout the week on the morning show. And thank you guys for watching. Really, on an increasing basis, anything that we pay into the government uh, in the form of taxes... And these types of things, all we're really doing just about anymore is funding our own destruction. You know, I mean, I'm not saying everything, but increasingly as things become more wicked, that seems to be more and more 
I guess you'd say, the norm. So I'm going to go ahead and end part one here. We're going to switch gears and uh, go into a different subject subject next, probably for probably for a couple different parts. So God bless you, and we'll see you in part two.